Well, folks, it finally got me. I have COVID. Those of you who follow me on social media already know. Uh, many of you sending well wishes, a few of you sending horrible messages, and you were summarily blocked, I guess I should say. Um, I have to tell you that I had about a 28-ish hour period where I was as sick as I remember being in my entire life. And everybody in the house has it. My girlfriend has it. Uh, the little baby has it. Um, fortunately, my, my daughter actually seems to be having the, the easiest go of it. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because on the Thursday and Friday show, I felt as I spoke that I had a little something in my voice that didn't sound quite right. And surprisingly, no one emailed me about it. I often get emails, uh, you know, from from many of the moms in the audience who say, David, I've been around sick kids enough to know you didn't sound quite right on today's show or yesterday's show. And sometimes they're not even right. But nobody said anything to me about my voice Thursday, Friday. And later Thursday, about five o'clock, we were already done producing the Friday show as well. I started just not feeling quite right. I, I didn't really have a sore throat, but it didn't feel completely right. And I didn't really, I didn't have a cough, but I felt just like a little tickle somewhere in my chest. And then at a certain point, you get that revelation where you, you say to yourself, sir, and that's how I talk to myself. My internal dialogue is extremely um, uh, polite and, and formal. I said to myself, sir, I think I may have a fever and indeed I had like 99 and then I woke up in the middle of the night late Thursday with like a 100, 100.5 fever. Um, and basically from the middle of the night, early Friday until later in the afternoon, Saturday, it is as sick as I remember being in my life. And it's not that my fever was that high. It didn't ever get above 101, but just the most painful, I don't know how to describe it, just painful fever malaise, one of the worst headaches I've ever had, and just really horrible. And then I, you know, I quite literally couldn't do anything. I watched World Cup games, and thankfully Argentina won on Saturday. It would have been extremely, you know, adding insult to injury to see Argentina lose while having COVID. Um, and uh, it was very clear, you know, I had a, a, an insane uh, sweating episode, and then my fever seemed to break, and I have been feeling better and better. The cold came in after. Like, I had really no cold symptoms at first, and then later I started to get stuffed up. I'm, I got a, a bunch of Trump Sudafed, which is why I'm all hopped up on it right now. That's a joke, by the way. Uh, no, but I, I did uh, use yesterday, I used DayQuil to, to manage the daytime congestion. And um, long story short, it morphed into a cold after the really horrible period. And then my daughter got the fever and then my girlfriend and it's all rotating and it's crazy. And I learned about the existence of Tylenol suppositories for babies. That's probably, we probably need a bonus show episode on Tylenol suppositories. We'll skip that for today. But long story short, I'm not on Paxlovid or Paxlovid. And the reason is my doctor said um, your health status and the severity of the symptoms don't really warrant it. And there's some not great side effects sometimes with the Paxlovid and or Paxlovid. I don't know. Everybody says it a different way. I, I don't, it's like caramel, caramel. I don't know. The Paxlovid. And also, you can get this rebound COVID after 7 to 10 days. It'll get rid of your symptoms quick. Uh, but then 7 to 10 days later, you could have a rebound. And then you can't take the Paxlovid. And so then you kind of have to just uh, uh, suffer through it. So we made the decision, which seemed like the, the obvious one, not to take that. And let's hope it's just a recovery from here. So those of you who are watching know I'm wearing 12 masks today. No, I'm by myself in a studio, so I'm not wearing a mask and that, that would be a strange thing to do on the show. But um, we're following all the protocols and doing doing everything. And hopefully, my hope is that in another 48 hours, everybody in the house will be out of the woods. Now, in terms of vaccines, so, oh, David, are you know, people on Twitter, are you vaccinated? Aren't you? I guess the vaccine doesn't do anything. Listen, I have no idea. The, the, the belief, there's two possibilities, right? I got as sick as I did because the vaccine didn't help me in any way, or I didn't get even sicker, potentially risking hospitalization. I don't know. 
because I was fully vaccinated, including with the Omicron uh, bivalent vaccine, which I got, um, I guess it was a couple of months ago. So I don't know. We, we, it's, I only have myself as a test case on that. I don't know whether or how much sicker I would have been without it, but that's been, that's been the last, uh, I guess, 72, 96 hours or something like that. So, um, let's get into the show. There's so much to talk about. I'm glad to be here. And quite frankly, I have nothing else to do because I'm not doing anything. So let's get right into it. The Twitter bombshell that really was not. So let me explain the backstory on this. Twitter owner, seems weird to say that, but yes, Twitter owner Elon Musk started teasing and promoting a uh, big bombshell related to censorship and free speech, Hunter Biden, and so many other things. And apparently the exclusive story was given to journalist Matt Taibbi. And so Matt Taibbi published, and we're going to put it up on the screen, a tweet thread. What better way than to break a story about Twitter than with a tweet thread? Matt Taibbi tweeting thread the Twitter files. Now, one important thing to mention, and you can decide to what degree it matters to you, is it's logical to say, why did Matt Taibbi get this story? And if you look at his Substack, he says he had to agree to certain conditions in order to get this story to begin with. So we're going to evaluate whether this is or isn't the bombshell that it was expected to be. But he says he got he had to agree to certain conditions to get some of the materials. And rather than explaining those conditions in the Substack post, he simply says, I take my job and journalism really seriously and you've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. Okay, so let's go to the Twitter thread. And when you look at it, uh, he writes the Twitter files. What you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter. The Twitter files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It is a Frankensteinian tale of a human-built mechanism grown out the control of its designer. Twitter, in its conception, was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real-time global conversation possible for the first time. In an early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. As time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add those barriers some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly, over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, then constantly. Now, I'm not going to go through every single one of the tweets of his thread. We're linking to to it, and I encourage you to look at it. But the long and short of it is that what this bombshell exposed is that people in the Biden campaign team, Joe Biden campaign team, this was 2020 when Joe Biden was not president, he was running for president and Donald Trump was the president. Members of Joe Biden's team would ask their contacts at Twitter to remove what is essentially revenge porn of Hunter Biden. We're talking about nude images of Hunter Biden, which were being shared without his consent. Now, is it controversial or problematic that there was a back channel being used? In other words, the tweets that contained the material of these images of Hunter Biden, which are against Twitter's terms of service and are illegal in almost every state, revenge porn, nude images shared without the individual in the picture's consent. Is it a problem that there was a back channel used rather than the public reporting system? Maybe. And we can certainly talk about that. But that is not a bombshell. That is not a bombshell. And so this again collapsing into not a non-story, but not a very big story at all. They're talking about, oh, this violated the Constitution, for example. There's nothing constitutionally even involved here. And legal experts quickly explained that it's not even a government suppression of free speech because it was the Biden campaign. 
It wasn't even the government saying, hey, you've got to act and remove these images, which, by the way, violate your own terms of service as well as just about every state law. It was a campaign rather than the government. So that is the story. And you can be the judge as to whether it is a controversial story or not. Now, I want to address one other element to this story, which is that there are those on the right claiming that even my, me personally, that, that we on the left are defending Hunter Biden or running interference for Hunter Biden. I really couldn't care less whether Hunter Biden goes to prison if he is found guilty of some crime for which he is charged after being investigated. That's it. The problem with these stories is that, number one, this particular story is about revenge porn and content that violates Twitter's own policy. So this is not a story that is really where you're going to get Hunter Biden. And then with regard to other Hunter Biden stories or allegations, he is not involved in the Biden administration the way that Jared Kushner was, the way that Ivanka Trump was and others have been. And so if you can charge the guy with something, if he did something illegal, by all means, do it, charge him. I don't know anyone on the left who says, oh, no, he should be defended or whatever. But it is becoming that which the right says is constantly wielded against them. It's becoming a witch hunt. And Republicans plan to investigate Hunter, Hunter, throughout their coming two years in control of the House of Representatives. Absolutely bonkers. The truth doesn't matter. They've decided this guy is their target. And so that's what they're doing. Donald Trump's reaction to the Twitter files is, as you can imagine, completely and totally unhinged. Trump, not on Twitter, by the way, the irony of that, but on his own platform, Truth Social, putting together a very long list, a list of wacky posts and explosions, some of which we will talk about in more detail. But you have to get a look at what Donald Trump started saying. So Trump starting with, wow, that's a really big story about Twitter and various forms of government fraud, including specifically election fraud. The same level of fraud took place with the other big tech companies, if not even worse, if that's possible. We are living in a very corrupt country. And as they are saying all over the Internet, nothing will be done about it because the Justice Department and FBI are totally corrupt. But they'll keep investigating boxes that were legally and openly taken from the White House. Trump trying to make it seem as though the real crimes like those exposed by the Twitter files aren't being investigated. Of course, no such crimes were exposed. Trump then saying Trump was right again on 2020 election, most used statement. Trump then saying, so with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception and working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner or do you have a new election? We're going to get back to that one because that one is so crazy and insane. Trump continuing again. Trump was right again on 2020 election. Most you statement. Biden cheated. Trump won memes, retweets, retroths, return the diamonds. The world is laughing at the United States of America and its corrupt and rigged presidential election of 2020. Folks, it's almost 2023. Unprecedented fraud requires unprecedented cure. I wonder what Mitch McConnell, the rhinos and all of the weak Republicans who couldn't get the presidential of 20 presidential election of 2020 approved and out of the way fast enough are thinking now they are a disgrace to our great party and our nation, which has become a laughingstock all over the world. Then just retweeting and posting a bunch. I mean, just spending endless amounts of time on truth, so social troth central. Election interference at a level never seen before. Truth Social is so hot. Even the fake and disgusting news media is in agreement on that, etc., etc. This guy has only one hammer. And that hammer is the hammer of I really won the election. And everything is just about how I won and how unfairly I am treated. I'm the ultimate victim. That is ultimately Trump's message and the most important thing he wants to get across. For the most part, this is another one of those unhinged rants and screeds because he's furious that people aren't praying at his altar and deferential enough to him. But there is one piece in there that is particularly horrifying, completely unconstitutional, which is demanding, apparently based on the Twitter story, the Twitter files, which we already said are really no big story, that he be reinstated as president of the United States. We're going to deal with that specifically 
a little bit later in the show. Make sure that you are subscribed on YouTube at youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. I do have COVID. My voice is a little messed up. Bear with me. The show continues. I've had such trouble finding a great razor where I am not cutting myself or getting those nicks on my skin, which are so common with the cheap disposable razors. You have to meet our sponsor, Henson Shaving. Henson actually manufactures parts for the International Space Station and the Mars Rover. And they are bringing that exact same precision engineering to the shaving experience. It hurts when you shave because blades extend too far and thus they wobble slightly. But with their aerospace grade CNC machines, Henson is able to make metal razors that extend just zero point zero zero one three inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair, which means a secure, stable blade with a vibration free shave. It also has built in channels to evacuate the hair and the cream. No more clogs, no more rubbing your thumb on the razor to get the hair out. I use Henson at home. Shaving is a great experience now. Henson wants to be the best razor, not the best razor business, which means you only need to buy it once and it's awesome. Go to hensonshaving.com slash Pacman, add a razor and a hundred pack of blades to your cart, then enter the code Pacman to get the hundred blades for free. That is a three year supply. That's H E N S O N shaving.com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Sunset Lake CBD. Get affordable, high quality CBD straight from the source. Sunset Lake CBD is a family owned hemp farm in Vermont growing premium CBD products for sleep and stress without breaking the bank. They ship directly to you from the farm, cutting out all of the extra costs with the big box stores. And because of their unique farm to table approach, Sunset Lake CBD products cost 30 percent less than the industry average. They have gummies, oils, flour, topicals. I'm a fan of Sunset Lake CBD coffee, which uses Rainforest Alliance coffee beans. Many people are trying CBD for stress or pain. Maybe you're someone who likes to take a couple of CBD gummies before bed for sleep. Well, now you can actually take it every time you want to, because Sunset Lake makes it so affordable without sacrificing quality. If you already love CBD or you want to give it a try, Go to sunsetlakecbd.com. Use the code Pacman for 20% off. They are a socially responsible company. They support what we do. Sunsetlakecbd.com. Use code Pacman at checkout for 20% off. The info is in the podcast notes. All right, let's talk about the Kanye West video in which he says he likes Hitler, he likes Nazis. Now, before I even get into this, I want to say right up front, there are people who are not in agreement with the things Kanye is saying, but are dismissing this as merely being a very public mental health episode 
and that that's the only thing, the only commentary, the only analysis that needs to be looked at. Ben Shapiro, right-wing commentator, is one of these people where he says, obviously, I don't agree with this stuff. He's Jewish, being Ben Shapiro, and he doesn't agree that Hitler was good or whatever. But that this is nothing, this isn't, it has nothing to do with politics, has nothing to do with society or culture. It's just Kanye having some kind of mental health episode. It is clear from everything we have seen that there is a mental health component to this, but it doesn't matter in terms of the effect that this can have on people who already sometimes dabble in these sorts of beliefs, anti-Semitic beliefs, and who need very little to be pushed to the next level where those beliefs grow and grow and grow, and they can go as we saw in the World War II era, from just ideas that crazy people say, come on, that's it, give me a break, into much bigger and terrible things. So let's not do the thing where we go, just a crazy person, doesn't matter. There's an entire movement. And by the way, this Nick Fuentes guy who was on the Alex Jones show alongside Kanye a couple of days ago, is are all of the things he says also simply a mentally ill, you know, a, a mental illness episode less clear. So let's just go right into it. These clips are literally beyond belief, except they're not. What I mean by that is if I simply told you six years ago, hey, here's a thing that Kanye is going to say, nobody would believe it. But then now, of course, it's exactly the stuff that he is saying. Kanye West, Nick Fuentes, after their dinner with Trump, appearing on the Alex Jones show. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I, I, see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. Oh, boy. The Jew, I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me, you can love, um, you know, us. And you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts. Right. And you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. And I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table. Yep. And Kanye wants to fight for the value of talking about the good things Hitler did. Now, by the way, Kanye has no clue what he's talking about. He says Hitler invented the microphone. Most microphones in use today are, are thanks to James West, who was a black inventor, not because of Hitler inventing the microphone. It, it's, you know, it's completely outrageous. Uh, here's more of this stuff, if you can believe it. I've done a lot of study. I think Hitler was a really bad guy, and I repudiate what Hitler did. I understand that the British intelligence set him up and used I, him. I, I like Hitler. I, I don't like Hitler. There you go. And look at the look at Nick Fuentes with this stupid grin on his face. This is a big victory, folks. They've got one of the most recognizable, well-known uh, black musical artists and celebrities generally saying, I like Hitler. This is a major victory for people like Nick Fuentes and the white nationalist movement. They are absolutely loving this. Trying to be shocking with that. I'm not trying to be shocking. I like Hitler. I do not. I the the Holocaust is not what happened. Let's look at the facts of that. And Hitler has a lot of redeeming qualities. This is the voice of Netanyahu. Well, CNN says why people are evil Nazis. So I mean, I I, I disagree with both statements, but I get the. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the word evil next to Nazis. I think we need to look at. <laughs> Um, and, and the Nazis, in my view, were thugs that shook people down to a lot of really bad things. But they did good things, too. We're going to stop dissing the Nazis all the time. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm Netanyahu. I ain't never had a supermodel. Yeah, Cattell. Uh, <laughs> the Jewish media has made us feel like the Nazis and Hitler have never offered anything of value to the world. Okay, well, why would the Zionists be killing Jews in mass in Israel with the poison shot? Because they work for Satan. They don't work for God. Exactly. Okay. So this stuff is completely beyond the pale. I mean, it's it, it's beyond any analysis. You can't ad analyze it for its substance. And there's a moment which is sort of surreal where even Alex Jones tries to get Kanye to walk back some of his statements. And Kanye just doubles down even further. I don't think Hitler was a good guy. I get the, uh, the Hugo Boss uniforms. Amazing. 
Uh, but I mean, just because you're in love with the design, you're a designer. Can we just kind of say like you like the you like the uniforms? But that's about no, it. No, we we no. I, there, there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. <laughs> and look at Nick Fuentes grinning and nodding along. A lot of things. Wow, wow, folks, this is what how. How can we say this is a meaningless lone nut when there's an entire movement behind the guy? There are people who are behind these messages and they're increasingly prominent. Nick Fuentes met with Trump. He had dinner with Trump the other day. And so it's really important that we not allow this as sometimes happens with anti-Semitism. I've said it before. Some in the audience don't like when I point this out. Uh, we shouldn't have a different threshold for anti-Semitism than we do for other isms or discriminatory statements and claims and whatever the case may be. Okay, this is dangerous stuff. And when we talk about it, it's not about saying Kanye is the next Hitler. That's not at all what the analysis is. But it's important to remember that there were lots of people in pre-World War II era Germany who would say a lot of this rhetoric that's floating around about Jews and all the different things, it's just rhetoric. It's never going to go anywhere. There's no, it has no teeth. There's no way it could ever go anywhere. And when people assume that, that's how more happens. Now, you don't have to jump to the Holocaust. You can just go to, well, more societal acceptance of public shaming of Jews, for example, right? There's all these little steps in between before we're at the Holocaust. You don't have to go to that. Um, one last thing here. The, uh, there was just an interesting kind of moment where uh, Kanye says that Trump actually loved Nick Fuentes at the dinner that they went to. This um, is the future president you're talking to right now. Is Nick your running mate? He's not old enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nick, how old are you? I'm 24. Maybe in a few cycles. And, and Trump loved Nick. He looked at me, he said, where did you find this kid? He had now, that's interesting because that's exactly the type of language Trump would use. Where did you find this kid? Straight out of central casting, huh? No idea. Until, what's the guy that wrote the speech that you didn't like? Jason Miller. Jason Miller lied afterwards after they found out who you were. And what did Jason say in the press to start off? Because it, it, it started to be like a series of lie after lie after lie. And fake. It wasn't a tweet. It was a truth social after truth social after truth social. So give them the rundown on that. Yeah. So initially we didn't publish anything about the dinner. It was rumored that Ye went to dinner with Trump. Then it was rumored that I was at the dinner because I walked through the airport in Miami. Then there was a statement from Jason Miller who spoke as a representative for Trump. And he said, well, Nick Fuentes was not at the dinner. And it was only at that point, which was a lie, it was only at that point when we began to respond. And Ye said, he can't say that. Nick was at the dinner. That was a lie. But I mean, I actually like the speeches that Jason Miller wrote, maybe. Yeah. So Alex Jones still desperately trying to kind of keep some kind of bridge to Trump there to some degree. This is extraordinarily dangerous stuff. And uh, sure, Kanye West, probably mentally ill, seems pretty clear. But uh, we're not going to write off this entire movement, which, by the way, has been around for, what, thousands of years and say, no, it's, it's not meaningful. It's not important because Kanye is mentally ill. We're not going to do it. And by the way, you've got to see the reactions of some to the stuff that happened over the last few days. Caitlyn Jenner appeared on television and was asked about the outrageous statements made by Kanye West, including I like Hitler and I like Nazis. And Caitlyn can come up with nothing more then I wish Kanye well. This reminds me of another guy we know, which I'll remind you about in a moment. Here's Caitlyn Jenner defending Kanye and just saying Kanye's a good guy. I've known, obviously, Kanye for a long time. Um, he's always been very, very good to me. Um, and I just wish him well. I, I just, I want Kanye to do Have you talked to him? Well. Um, uh, not in the last few months. Mm -hmm. Especially when all this stuff has come out, I have not talked to him. But uh, I just wish him the best. Um, you know, he's he's got challenges, and uh, I, I just hope him the best. Yeah. He's always been very good. He's such he's a really nice guy. Right. I've been around him my whole life, or for the last ten years, and uh, uh, I just wish him well. You know, 
I, I honestly. Yeah. A lot of people are disappointed and offended and, and hurt by it, but now he's yeah, suffended on it. And I get right? it. And yeah. saying, saying what's in, I don't blame him for being offended. Absolutely. For that. Absolutely. Uh, I'm offended by it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, something's gone sideways. Kanye's Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So absolutely um, uh, electric political analysis there from Caitlyn Jenner. And by the way, the I wish him well stuff, I know that this is sort of like apropos of nothing. But it did remind me of when Donald Trump was asked about Ghislaine Maxwell, the um, sex trafficker, former girlfriend of the late Jeffrey Epstein. And Trump could think of nothing else to say other than he wishes her well as well. I'm wondering, uh, do you feel that she's going to turn in powerful men? How do you see that working out? I don't know. I haven't really been following her too much. I just wish her well, frankly. Uh, I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach. And I guess they lived in Palm Beach. I guess. Uh, but I wish her well, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know the situation with Prince Andrew. Just don't know. Not aware of it. Doesn't know anything about it, guys. Just uh, he wishes her well. Multiple, you know, accused trafficker of women wishes her well. So the folks who you would expect to be struggling to just completely denounce Kanye West taking several steps back. Well, he's always been very nice to me or he's a brilliant guy or he's a really nice guy, or yeah, the stuff he's saying is wacky, but it's just a mental health episode. We've got to condemn this stuff and we have to make sure that mental illness or not, it's not acceptable anywhere. And it, very interestingly, by the way, check out the statement made by Jewish UFC fighter Natan Levy recently. I wish I had it prepared here. I just don't because I just saw it and remembered it. And Okay, I don't have it. But um, he was asked about this and he is taking a much more aggressive approach than many potentially on it. But uh, we, we can't look away and it can't be written off as merely the rantings of crazy people. That's the important message. I love reading. I read every day, no matter how I arrange my schedule. I never have enough time to read all the books that I want, which is why Blinkist has been such an important part of my life for years now. Our sponsor Blinkist is the app that takes thousands of nonfiction books, boils them down into an explainer that you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes, which includes all the most important takeaways from the book. With Blinkist, I can absorb the essence of 15 different books in an afternoon so I can quickly gather insights from all sorts of perspectives, make connections, have those kind of aha moments that don't happen so easily, which is why I feel enriched when I use Blinkist. Blinkist also summarizes episodes of popular podcasts into 15 minute explainers. And with the Blinkist connect feature, my girlfriend and I can share one account, share books, podcasts with each other, talk about them on the go. And don't forget, Blinkist makes the perfect holiday gift. My audience can try Blinkist free for seven days and get 25% off after that. Go to Blinkist.com slash Pacman. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. There is an election in Georgia tomorrow. It's the special Senate runoff election to determine will Democrats have a 50 50 majority needing Kamala Harris to be the tie breaking vote or will Democrats have a 51 49 majority in the Senate? The race is in Georgia between incumbent Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and challenging Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker, a former president, Barack Obama. You know, the guy, Obama. that guy. He was in Atlanta over the weekend campaigning for Raphael Warnock. You really have to see this. Obama's really good at this. Crushing Herschel Walker for his unintelligible rants of late, including one in which he talked about, what was it, vampires and werewolves? Take a look at this. Every day he comes up with something. Every day. Since the last time I was here... Since the last time I was here, Mr. Walker has been talking about issues that are of great importance to the people of Georgia. Right. Like whether it's better to be a vampire or a werewolf. True. This is a debate that I must confess I once had myself. 
when I was seven. <laughs> then I grew up. Right. In case you're wondering, by the way, Mr. Walker decided he wanted to be a werewolf. Which is great. As far as I'm concerned, he can be anything he wants to be. <laughs> except for a United States senator. Right. That's the critical part. Since the last time I, since the last time I was here, apparently he also claimed that he used to let me beat him at basketball. But then he admitted that we've never actually met. Right. That's typical of Warnock. But I'm sorry, of Walker. Regularly telling stories that are impossible. So I guess this was more of a imaginary whooping that I laid on him. This would be funny if he weren't running for Senate. That's that's exactly the point. And as I've said before, listen, it's all fun and games, right? Trump running for president in 2015, 2016. If you had a Republican Party that was more like the Democratic Party, in which such an obviously unqualified buffoon didn't have a shot at the nomination, we could all laugh at the entire Trump thing. He never would have been the Republican nominee. He never would have become the president of the United States. That's not the situation we have in the U.S., unfortunately. Now, Raphael Warnock also spoke. I mean, it was a rally for him after all. And uh, let's take a look at a little bit of that. If we're honest, I believe in my soul that Georgia knows that Georgia is better than Herschel Walker. Let's hope. Or at least an issue, if not the issues. Deserve a senator who will tell you the truth. You deserve a senator who actually lives in Georgia. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? And as we recently found out, of course, what was suspected appears to be true. Herschel Walker really lives in Texas, and that's where he declares homestead exemption, and it's a whole other story in and of itself. We're down to the last few hours. If you live in Georgia, make sure to vote. We'll have results tomorrow night. Herschel Walker has a brilliant new idea, by the way. In the midst of this hectic campaign and race to the finish line tomorrow, Herschel Walker says, hey, you know what? We've got all of these IRS, or as he calls them, RAS agents who are going to be carrying guns. Let's get them to stop the men in women's sports. This is an incredible idea coming from a guy who has very few ideas. Let's take a listen to it. And instead of trying to keep them safe, they're, they're putting men in women's sports. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is how you can solve this problem. Get rid of them 87,000 RS agents that's going to go after all of us and put one of those IRS agents in the schools to take care of our kids. That's what they need to be doing instead of going after us with these IRS agents. But yet they don't know how to spend their money. Now they want to spend your money. Yeah. Did, did you catch that? I mean, did you did you understand the idea? And instead of trying to keep them safe, they're, they're putting men in women's sports. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is how you can solve this problem. Get rid of them 87,000 RS agents that's going to go after all of us and put one of those IRS agents in the schools to take care of our kids. That's what they need to be doing instead of going after us with these IRS agents. But yet they don't know how to spend their money. Yeah. Um, now, I think that th this is obviously crazy, but... It's important to know the truth about the IRS agent story. The right is framing the hiring of IRS agents as some kind of dystopian crackdown on the people or whatever the case may be. A couple different things that are important to understand. Number one, over the next decade, 
55,000 IRS agents are going to be retiring. So 55,000 of the hiring of the to be hired agents are over the next decade and they're just to replace 55,000 that are retiring. That's number one. Number two, the IRS is understaffed. If you actually want to hold the wealthy accountable and make sure that they're actually paying the taxes that they should be paying and the things we always say and that many Republicans say as well. You need you need staff to do that. You need employees to be able to do that. And so increasing increasing staffing beyond just replacing those retiring makes sense. And then lastly, the entire gun thing. OK, it's really a red herring. First of all, across the entire country, there's twenty one hundred IRS agents from the criminal investigation side. These are essentially police who carry firearms. Herschel Walker and others want you to believe that they're going to be arming random IRS auditors, auditing people making sixty thousand dollars a year because they claim too many deductions. Okay, that's not what this is. That's not what this is. And by the way, many agencies have divisions that are law enforcement and carry guns. If you look at the MTA, right, the Metropolitan Transit Authority in New York City, or if you look up in Boston at the MBTA, they all have like some version of their transit police. They carry guns. It's not the subway operator is now armed. Okay, it's really not a big deal. Amtrak, Amtrak has police. Yes, they carry guns. It's not a huge thing. Now, the good news as far as Georgia goes is that Republicans are losing a little bit of hope. Now, we have just hours until we know the results. Everybody should vote. I don't mention this in order to get people to take any action or not take any action. If you can vote in Georgia, you should vote in Georgia. That's it. But Republicans, according to a new political article, which we will link to, are feeling increasingly grim is the word that's used here about Herschel Walker's chances. Let's indeed hope that that is the case. One other Herschel Walker story. I have a clip of Marjorie Taylor Greene, radical Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who represents the state of Georgia, after all, in the House of Representatives. She even is admitting. Asking people to vote for Herschel Walker, that's asking a lot. Take a listen to this. Really need Georgia to get out and vote for Herschel Walker. Please do it. Um, I, I know. I know we're asking a lot of you, but we need you to get out there and vote. There is a lot more to what it looks like than just a Republican and a Democrat. This is the future of our country. This is the future for our children, and it, it's also the way your money is spent in Washington. So. Um, I'm asking you to get out and vote for my friend Herschel Walker and, of course, fellow UGA Bulldog. Uh, we're always so proud of him of for UGA's football team and the years that he played there. And um, it would just be wonderful. It'd be great to have a dog up there in the Senate. So, a dog. Please. Yeah, she's all but saying to Republicans, listen, you've got to hold your nose and vote for Walker to block Raphael Warnock from being a member of the Senate. Someone wrote to me and they said, David, do you think Marjorie Taylor Greene means that it's a lot to ask to vote for Walker because Walker is a bad candidate or because Walker is black? And I thought that's a very low blow. We have no actual evidence that that's what Marjorie Taylor Greene meant. Let's not even go there. But it is a theme that even some of the wackiest Republicans and without a doubt, Marjorie Taylor Greene qualifies as one of those. Some of the wackiest Republicans seem to recognize this entire Herschel Walker thing. It's not a particularly good idea. And so step one is we've got to get through tomorrow. Hopefully, Raphael Warnock is uh, voted uh, uh, wins and stays in the Senate. And um, Herschel Walker is gone and we never hear from him again in a political space. He can go back to doing whatever else he wants to do. The next step is have Republicans learned, in a sense, that it wasn't a great idea to run these wacky candidates and that Trump's endorsement alone doesn't seem to be enough to get some of them past the finish line. We saw it with J.R. Majewski. We saw it with John Gibbs. We saw it with Doug Mastriano. We saw it with Mehmet Oz. We're hopefully going to see it with Herschel Walker. Will they learn? And if so, is that actually worse for Democrats in the sense that they might nominate people more likely to win? 
That's a story for later. In the next 24 hours, vote, vote, vote. We're going to take a quick break. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube at youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. Just a reminder, if I sound weird, I have COVID. I had a brutal 30 hours of fever over the weekend during which I uh, watched World Cup and watched. Um, oh, I watched the new Argentinian film 1985 about the prosecution of uh, those at the head of the uh, military dictatorship in, the, in Argentina in the late 70s. Very, very good film. And then like a phoenix rising over the horizon, my fever cleared and now I have a cold, but I am here and that is what matters. Okay, quick break back right after this. Everything you do online can be tracked by your ISP, by tech platforms, the government, hackers. Everyone should be using a VPN every time you connect to the Internet. You turn it on once you forget about it. It's easy. Many VPNs secretly record your browsing and download history. But our sponsor, Private Internet Access, is the only VPN with the bulletproof commitment to never doing that because they're the only VPN that has proven their no log policy multiple times in court. Their systems are also independently audited by Deloitte to verify no logging. Private Internet Access has a next generation server infrastructure with IP addresses in 83 countries and all 50 U.S. states. It's one of the only VPNs fast enough for streaming video and downloading large files. For instance, Private Internet Access lets me access a bunch of great international soccer I can't otherwise get. VPNs can be very helpful with the upcoming World Cup. And Private Internet Access has a 30 day money back guarantee. 24 seven customer support and my audience gets 82% off. That's just $2 and 11 cents a month plus three months free. Go to piavpncom slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. Well, I am going to tell you about a post today in which the failed former president, Donald Trump defecates on the constitution. Now, hold the whoa, whoa, hold it. I'm not literally going to show you scat videos. So don't you don't have to turn away. You don't have to get the kids out of the room yet. Although if absolutely brutalizing the Constitution and using it like toilet paper is offensive to you, then maybe you do want to get the kids out of the room. Donald Trump in an absolutely Constitution destroying rant demanded for a new 2020 election or to be reinstated as president of the United States under the continued false claim that he is the so-called rightful winner of the 2020 election. Trump exploding on his platform, Truth Social. Truth Central. Well, call it what you want. Over the Twitter bombshell that flopped into a nothing burger, saying the following, quote, so with the revelation of the massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations and articles even those found in the Constitution. He's literally saying the Constitution is not the supreme law and framework of the land. He's saying when we decide there are extenuating circumstances, you terminate. This is the word terminate rules, regulations and articles. He goes on to say our great quote capital F founders. I don't know what's weirder that it's in with a capital F or that it's in quotes. It's both are weird. Our great founders did not want and would not condone capital F false and capital F fraudulent capital E elections. The Constitution means nothing to them if it's not convenient. This is brutal, brutal authoritarianism. It's all meaningless unless it is convenient to them. And there Donald Trump says, I don't know. It just sort of seems like we've got to eliminate or circumvent, better said, the Constitution so that he can somehow end up back in office. Now, think for a second of the insanity of the situation. 
former president who lost and is again a candidate is saying, maybe just put me back in office. Maybe let's skip me doing two years of a Republican primary or a year, however long, year and a half, and then a general election and then having people vote. We can skip all of it, terminate, as he says, what he he thinks he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, terminate the Constitution. Maybe just put me back in power. And the most insane part of this is Republicans aren't even going that wild. It should be instantly disqualifying for a candidate for the presidency to say sometimes we terminate the Constitution. We just terminate it. Now, if you want to have a conversation about we need a constitutional amendment. Oh, okay. Well, we have a process for that. If you want to have a conversation about should a document like the Constitution be revised over time in some more general sense, that's a completely legitimate conversation to have. It's not about we can never. I'm not asking to have it both ways, because many of us on the progressive left say a document that is this old, no matter how great the intentions were of those who wrote it and believe what you believe about that, right? No matter how great the intentions were, no matter how much how forward looking they planned to be. At a certain point, we have to be able to say it needs modern context. And, you know, you can argue about whether a few hundred years is enough time. But do we think that the Constitution would be relevant in 500 years, in a thousand years, in 1500 years without significant revision or contextualization? Sure, let's have that conversation. But that's not what Donald Trump is saying. Donald Trump is not saying there are aspects of the Constitution which in general need to be revised, modified, uh, amended, whatever the case may be. Trump is just saying, keep the Constitution the way it is. Just ignore it when it comes to me figuring out a way to get back into power. I'm going to give you one example of a uh, Republican who seems like she's not going for this insanity. Unfortunately for a lot of them, uh, they are going for it. And we're going to get to that uh, probably on tomorrow's program. But here is Alice Stewart. She is a um, Republican strategist, former Ted Cruz communications director. She doesn't like this, but there are many Republicans who are just kind of like, ah, yeah, I mean, I don't agree, but uh, Trump may be the best choice we have. As divisive as him. And I hate to inform the former president, the Constitution is not like a spouse. You can't just get rid of it when it no longer suits your purposes. The Constitution is here to protect the rights of all Americans. It is not there to uh, change the past election of a self-serving American. And he is wrong on this. This is absolutely ludicrous. And I guarantee you, Jim, the more you ask conservatives and Republicans about this statement, they will say this is not right. And they're going to say, well, we'll see about that themselves from these kinds of statements. Yeah, Alice, the uh, Constitution is not like the uh, buffet at Mar-a-Lago. You can't skip past the uh, items that you don't like. Yeah, listen, um, I I guess, you know, there's things have become the standard has become so low. I guess I respect Alice Stewart for saying this. But at the same time, all she's saying is we have to mean it when we say we respect the Constitution. You can't just ignore it when you just want to use the you want to circumvent it in order to get back in power. But it is absolutely not true that Republicans are united against this. It should be political suicide to say what Donald Trump said, terminate the Constitution so that you can get him back in power because of Hunter Biden pictures. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about here. But we're seeing mild criticism from some wings of the Republican Party. And uh, this type of thing, I mean, you know, in 2022, a lot of Republicans ran on the election was stolen and they didn't do very well. So it's at least possible, possible that some of the mainstream Republican Party is going to be further alienated by this insanity. Insanity. Any clear thinking individual who actually cares about the rule of law, even if we believe that the Constitution needs to be um, amended, updated, changed, whatever, by going through a process, not in a rush, because we've got to terminate it to get somebody back in power, we can do that. We can talk about that. 
but this type of stuff needs to be rejected. I have a very strange video for you. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but Donald Trump issued another one of these visibly confused statements in which he defends the January 6th rioters. And there are so many hypocrisies and double standards here. Let me play the video first. And of course, Trump says, oh, the country's going communist and a lot of this normal stuff. Let's look at the video, then we'll talk about it. Unconstitutionally, in my opinion, and very, very unfairly. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. And you know what I've said? I take it very seriously. I have never seen anything like it at all levels. It's the weaponization of the Department of Justice. And we can't let this happen in our country because our country is going not socialist. They've skipped over that. They skipped over socialism. Our country is going communist. This is now Trump doesn't even know what either of those terms mean. And he says this often at rallies. We went by. I used to say socialist, but now I say communist. He has no clue what he's talking about. Just remember that What happens. And we can't let it happen. We have to stop it. So I want to thank everybody for working so hard. I know how hard you're working to get justice for people that are imprisoned right now and people that are being tormented. We can't let it happen. We're going to stop it. We're going to win. Thank you. Listen, Trump is talking what you 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 might be wondering, what are they? What are they? People are imprisoned. What do you mean? Or people are being people are being uh, tortured. Trump is talking about pre-trial detention. Now, we have to take this piece by piece because this is of such critical importance. First of all, I'm not on the side of the criminals, period. Okay, as I always say, if BLM does something and it's illegal, if Antifa does something and it's illegal, there's, you know, if at a protest of whatever crimes, whether or not they are actually part of those groups, because as we know, mass gatherings also bring out bad actors. And are are you really in BLM or not? I don't care, guys. If you commit crimes, you should be prosecuted. And if you're convicted, you should be penalized. I say it about Hunter Biden. I don't care about political orientation. And it's the same thing with the writers. Now, you look at the capital breach cases. You can find the list, okay, on the website of the of United States Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia, justice.gov. You can read through this and you'll see the names of these folks and where they were arrested and what they're accused of. And you see that there are a number of different crimes. Many of these are serious crimes. Our opinions matter less about the individuals then about what is our approach when we say we are for law and order? When the Trump people say we are for law and order, part of it means here is the law and we have to allow the process to take place. Now, they are bringing up issues about the rioters that they never cared about before. I'll give you an example, pretrial detention. I've talked about pretrial detention on this program for more than a decade. And pretrial detention is when you are not given bail or you can't afford bail, you stay in jail until the time of your trial. And I've talked about how this is um, often used as a way uh, or it becomes a way in which individuals are less able to build a defense. They're not able to afford lawyers because they can't keep working while they are a better, maybe a, a better lawyer. They're not because they're not able to work while they are in pretrial detention, et cetera. I've been talking about it for a really long time, and I've talked about how pretrial detention disproportionately affects uh, poor people, minorities. We've talked about it. These Republicans never cared about it. Now they do because they see, hey, this pretrial detention stuff is really unfair. They're keeping all the rioters in jail until their trials. Yes, we've been talking about it for a very long time. It's not being used as a political weapon against these people. This is the system, and we've been complaining about it for a long time. So there's the hypocrisy and there's the depravity of saying we finally found people we believe are worthy of our defense, and they pick the Trump rioters, which is absolutely crazy. How dare the DOJ go after people, many of whom are on video committing crimes? That's unfair. It's a political witch hunt. It's bonkers. And we are seeing the sentences roll in. And that's a very good thing. We have a voicemail number. That number is 219 David P. Here's a great little voicemail. Caller's mom 
watches the show on TikTok. Listen to this. Hi, David. Ryan here from Iowa. I, uh, I just went home to visit my uh, quite elderly mother, and I noticed she was watching you on TikTok when I came in. And I thought I recognized your voice. I asked her if that was David Pagnan. She said she had to go back, and she said, yeah. I told her I subscribed to you, and I paid for the bonus show. And oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Yeah. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Right. You're great. And I just thought I would share that with you. I thought it was quite interesting. Thank you. You know, super interesting. We're all aware of all of the problems with TikTok as a platform. This has nothing to do with that. In terms of TikTok as a place to get our message out, because we're using the tools where there is an audience, the growth we have seen on TikTok is wild. And even though TikTok audiences skew younger overall, we have not only a young audience on TikTok, like in the 13 to 13 to 24 which is a little younger than like our core audience, which is like 24 to 54. We also have a sizable 65 plus audience on TikTok. Just the other day at a pharmacy, um, an older woman came up to me and said, I watched you're the guy from TikTok. So listen, the TikTok regulation stuff is going to get sorted out as a platform. It has been a huge place to get our message out. At this point, I think I'm getting recognized as much for being on TikTok as being on YouTube. And it's beautiful to hear this heartwarming message from the caller. Okay, great bonus show for you today. The military COVID vaccine mandate may be ending and it might be Biden doing it. I thought he was just going to do all mandates. Well, apparently not. We will talk about the EU allowing phone calls on flights. Why aren't phone calls allowed on flights? Why aren't phone calls allowed on flights? We will talk about it. And also New Zealand plans a law to require Facebook and Google to pay for news. To pay who? What does that mean? We will talk about all of it on today's bonus show. You can sign up at joinpacman.com.